1: Happy Tuesday and who day everybody. This is Anthony Cazenzo with the Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast and from sinceyjungle.com. Happy to have all of you with us joining. It feels like it's been a long time since I've taken the air or since we've taken the air. It's been less than a week but we've we kind of switched this one up, the water cooler chat either going live on Mondays, going live on Tuesdays. I've kind of decided for the purposes of what's going on in the early parts of summer. Um, sometimes the Tuesday switch up is a good thing because the Bengals end up practicing on Tuesdays and there are some more sights and sounds to talk about. So every once in a while, we'll go back and forth on Monday and Tuesday during the summer. And then probably as we get into the regular season, we'll be doing the water cooler chats a bit more, maybe maybe more Mondays just because of the NFL schedule and games being played, the majority of them on Sunday. But anyway, I ramble. It's good to see everybody sort of in a Uh, seeing some hellos in the live chats, whether you're joining us. I appreciate you joining us live, whether it's on our YouTube channel, whether it's on one of two Twitter platforms, Cincy Jungles or the Orange and Black Insiders. And then of course on Cincy Jungles Facebook page. Thanks for tuning in live and catching this show. We've got a lot to share, a lot to talk about. And uh, you know, the Bengals had, had practice again Tuesday and there's some good updates there. So we'll be sure to share those with you, but hopefully you all had a good weekend, a good Monday, and we will get to Bengals news. We're going to get to AFC North news, and then some headlines around the NFL, as we usually do on the water cooler chat. Before we do want to remind everybody, if you have not yet, please subscribe to our YouTube channel, the orange and black insider. Uh, go ahead and like that Cincy jungle, Facebook page, keep it to Cincy And then of course, subscribe to the audio podcast channel Cincy Jungle uh, on your favorite audio streamer, whether that's Google Podcasts, uh, you know, Apple, iHeartRadio, all that stuff. We are we are on all of them. Stitcher, Spotify. So go check that out. Get our show. Orange is the new black by Ace and Zim, and then Matt Minnick doing not only his Chalk Talk episodes, but Minnick's Minute is now a another podcast that he has added to the Slate. Another great show. So check that out subscribe to those so you know when we go live so you can join us live and or when new material is available as always. So we are going to start with some just general news and then we're going to get into some some OTA and practice updates here and then we're going to kind of keep it rolling. So let's get it going. Good seeing everybody here, seeing some familiar names, some couple new names too, saying hello. So hello everybody. Good to see all of you joining us live here. However, you may be doing that on this Tuesday. Let's go with this one. This is on CincyJungle.com. There is an update on Gino Atkins, a guy who has yet to find a home, a new home after the Bengals released him. And this is on CincyJungle.com by Jason Markham. Of course, he had the uh, the surgery to repair a torn rotator cuff. And then this is, of course, via Ian Rappaport of NFL Network, the uh, the Cowboys team physician um, is uh, let's see here, uh, Doctor Dan Cooper performed the surgery on Atkins. Um, It's not a Dallas visit or anything like that. Uh, So it's not. There's not a lot of interest yet on Geno Atkins, but, uh, it's, it is interesting that a Cowboys doctor did the procedure and this is it from a few days ago here, but, um, he is 33 years old. He's, you know, he may still have quite a bit left in the tank. We don't know yet, but it appears that he is rehabbing. He's kind of waiting here for another opportunity. And if you remember a couple of weeks ago, uh, maybe, maybe it was more like a month or so ago. Um, there there was an update that was put out there that Zach Taylor and the Bengals haven't really, and even Geno Atkins himself, haven't really closed the door completely on a reunion there. So that may be in the cards for Geno Atkins, for the Bengals. We don't know for sure, but um, he's supposed to be cleared uh, from the torn rotator cuff by July 1st, according to a source here with Ian Rappaport. So Geno Atkins recovering from that, torn rotator cuff and uh, was performed by a, and had a checkup with a Cowboys doctor there. So pretty interesting kind of turn of events with that. But we have to see, wait and see if Geno Atkins and the Bengals, if a reunion is in the works there, we don't know for sure, but stranger things have happened a- at any rate. He is still lingering out there and looking for the next opportunity as his career winds down, hopefully a hall of fame one. We know how that goes with Cincinnati Bengals players in the hall of fame, but I digress. PS will be talking a little bit more, just a little headline on pro football hall of fame and Bengals players in just a minute. Let's talk some Joe Burrow pro football focus. PFF predicts Joe Burrow will set Bengals passing record. What passing record is that? Uh, Well, you got to read the article and you got to read it on cincyjungle.com or the uh, you can just look at the tweet here. These are the offensive projections by PFF Fantasy. The passing yards over 4,500, 4538 would set the franchise mark um, for, for single season passing yards by, I believe, quite a bit. Um, so... Yeah, you see here Andy Dalton is actually the career the the single season holder with 4293 uh besting Carson Palmer's 4206 and then Carson Palmer also had two other 4000-yard seasons as well with the Bengals there but I know wouldn't that's a good trivia question. A lot of people would probably assume it was Boomer or Ken Anderson or may, or maybe even Carson Palmer that has the single season passing record for the passing yardage record for the Bengals but no No, it's Andy Dalton. But these are the projections by PFF Fantasy here. You see the 45-38 passing yards for Joe Burrow, which would be the record setter over 1,000 yards, close to 1,100 for Joe Mixon on the ground, over 1,000 for Jamar Chase. T. Higgins having the most yards receiving yards of the great trio that the Bengals will be sporting between jamar chase t higgins and tyler boyd and tyler boyd yet again oh so close to another 1000 yard season always hovering around that 1000 yard mark it would seem and this would be a very <laughs> i would assume this would lead to a, a good number of wins if this comes about and hopefully it's not garbage time type of uh Type of statistics, but this this would lead to some good. I would assume some successful games for the Cincinnati Bengals if things played out that way. So, uh, just a little fun one, a fun projection by PFF. Let's talk some more. Jamar Chase and Bengals wide receivers, and of course Joe Burrow. We got to talk still Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase's connection is reforming at Bengals. OTAs. And this is a, this is an article from my colleague here and co-host John Sheeran put up on Cincy jungle. And you can see here, this is via Jeff Hobson of bangles.com. We can look at each other and already know what we're thinking. Chase told Jeff Hobson of bangles.com of him and Burrow. I just knew it. I just know. Sometimes I had a feeling, uh, this is, here's the thing. Um, and here's an, another extended quote. We still have some of the same stuff concept-wise, Chase said. There are the same routes that have the same names, but it's but it's totally different. Um, so uh, here's the thing. When the Bengals were drafting Jamar Chase, a lot of people, there was kind of different takes on the what that comfort level, the previous comfort level that those two had built at LSU and what that would do, how that would translate to the NFL and 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 right away for the Cincinnati Bengals. Some people felt like, you know, that's kind of an overrated aspect of of everything where, hey, you know, I mean, yeah, they have a little bit of a leg up, I guess, but, you know, that's not the main reason. It, it's mostly the skill set of Jamar Chase that this team needs. Well, here's here's the thing that I think for those that maybe felt that this was an overblown type of thing, the the previous connection, I I just, I feel like there are, there is a learning curve for wide receivers and then a young quarterback as well. There is a propensity as we know, when there's kind of a young tandem there for miscommunication that turn into interceptions, receivers running the wrong route, quarterbacks perceiving that the receiver is going to run a certain route. They do not do that. And then all of a sudden, what do you know? The ball's thrown into, into the, loving arms of a defender and a drive gets killed because of it. So I feel like that aspect could and should be lessened more so than with other receiver, young receiver quarterback tandems that, that come through the league. So hopefully that, that those errors don't, don't show up as much, but uh, you know, that, Things are looking good, and and the connection is growing strong between those two, as a lot of people expected right away. So you got you to gotta like that, and you got to like the quotes there from Jamar Chase talking about work, uh, working with Joe Burrow. But here's the thing, and a lot of people, and rightfully so, he's a number five overall pick. A lot of people are talking about Jamar Chase and how he's going to explode on the scene for the Cincinnati Bengals and their offense. Here's the thing, though. Let's not forget about the new 85, T. Higgins. He had a great rookie season, close to 1,000 yards receiving, really grew as the year wore on. He's put on some good weight by most reports. He looks like he's a little bit bigger. And he is showing off in these practices. And this is from Tyler Boyd, quote, Higgins, well, he looks like a completely different player than last year. He's starting to develop into a good route runner. He's striding out. He's starting to become a whole different player in terms of getting better in each area. Catching, running routes, and running after the catch. I think this year he'll make a lot more plays after the catch. That will be the biggest improvement in his game. C.G. Uzama chimed in on it as well, looking at T. Now quote, I'm like, dude, you are a monster right now. You fit the mold of what you should be. And you're going out and doing what you need to do. So a lot of hype surrounding T. Higgins and what he is doing, what he looks like at Bengals practices in their OTAs. That's a good thing. And kind of, kind of, in the same vein of what I was talking about with Burrow and Chase, where since they have that previous connection, they know a little bit of what they're what they're doing, what they're thinking, and how, you know, they just are, are in sync a bit. A player like Higgins, who is now in his second year, feeling more comfortable in the system, feeling more comfortable with Joe Burrow, now is going out and maybe not, it, it, things are coming a bit more natural to him and not he's not doing some overthinking if that was even the case at at certain points last year things are coming a little bit more natural to him and it's showing on the practice field and you gotta like that so a lot of talent on this offense a lot of uh, you know the, the sky's the limit you saw a couple couple shares ago I guess of the PFF fantasy predictions that they did there so a lot, the sky's the limit for, for these guys. There are a lot. I mean, Higgins was essentially a first-round pick, the 33rd pick overall in last year's draft. I mean, basically a first-round pick. You got the number five overall pick at wide receiver. You've got a second-round pick in Tyler Boyd. And, oh, by the way, behind those guys, you've got Auden Tate and other talented players in that group. So, you know, a lot a lot to like in terms of what we're hearing from the Bengals offense, their wide receiver group and the rapport with Joe Burrow going, we're going to keep moving on here. And since we just mentioned his name, let's, Let's talk about CJ Uzama. We I won't, I won't belabor this a bunch because we talked about this last Wednesday because of his entertaining interview with the Cincinnati media. But this is on, this is from Patrick Judas on CincyJungle.com, talking about the the Super Bowl celebration. And, you know, basically uh he kind of wants, he kind of wants Burrow. He has this vision of having Burrow. Um, get get a little sloshed like Tom Brady was with the Buccaneers last year, where they were throwing the Lombardi around, and Brady had to be escorted, uh, helped to a vehicle or somewhere else uh, because he had a little too much fun. And so, check this article out; it's pretty, it's pretty fun. Um, he this was Uzama talking with Cincinnati media, just saying what he envisions as a Super Bowl celebration and whatnot. So, um, and you can see too; I mean. Uzama, in the in the interview, is a very affable guy, a likable guy, and uh, you can see why he's one of the favorites in the locker room, and we, we talked quite a bit about C.J. Uzama last week on our podcast, so go check that out if you haven't listened to the episode yet. John Sheeran and myself talked about C.J. Uzama, his impact, and, and the fact that he is now himself back 100% from From his injury and uh, out there working, could be a big year for him. Contract year, looking to get that next big deal. Hopefully, it's with the Bengals, and uh, hopefully, he can move forward and uh, you know continue to to grow. There's been some really nice moments in his career. Um, really, it's it's been a little bit more about health and opportunity for CJ. So, hopefully, he gets that opportunity uh, to the opportunity to stay healthy, and then obviously more opportunities. There's going to be a lot of Uh, there's going to be a lot of attention given to Higgins, Boyd, Chase, um, not only by the quarterback, by opposing defenses as well. So, you know, that it could take away a little bit of opportunity from CJ in terms of, uh, receptions and whatnot, but it could open up also a lot of opportunities for him, given that the attention will be paid to those guys. The bulk of the attention from defenses will be paid to those guys, Big weekend for Chad Johnson. Unfortunately, he so he engaged in a fight at the opening card to the uh, Mayweather-Paul fight. He uh, put up a put up a good brawl, but did not come out victorious on that one. Uh, I think he. I, I think he made a million dollars for that fight is what um, I, I, th- I thought I read. So anyway, a lot of money for Chad for, for fighting in that. And uh, apparently, you know, some, of course, some very entertaining videos and sound bites and whatnot came from him. But he also noted that he is a big fan of Joe Burrow saying the sky is the limit for the young star. This is from Nathan Begley on Cincy Jungle. He uh, recently talked to the Inquirer's Tyler Dragon, Cincinnati Inquirer's Tyler Dragon, telling him that the sky is the limit, as I said. Um, And so you can go check out that article. Um, But basically, the gist of it is that Chad is, is bullish on Joe Burrow, even though he was injured last year. And if you remember, there was a really unique thing After the Bengals' first win in week four against the Jaguars, Chad went up and visited Carson Palmer up in uh, Wyoming, I believe, or Idaho, uh, at Carson's kind of ranch that he's got up there. They were hanging out. Chad was hanging out with Carson's family, I guess. And then afterward, those two did a virtual interview with Joe Burrow talking about his first win. And, uh, you know, Chad was very, you know, he was praising him pretty, pretty, uh, overwhelmingly at that point, and then Carson was as well. So it's just kind of an interesting dynamic how that all worked out. So it's not the first time we've heard Chad talk glowingly about Joe Burrow, but um, he obviously those comments came out recently because Chad was back in the news because of his fight there. So um, I- interesting weekend and a, and a fun weekend for Chad. Unfortunately, the fight did not go his way. Let's talk a little bit more, Joe Burrow because he's the star of the team, right? A one of the most prominent sports doctors reiterates that Joe Burrow will be ready for week one after seeing that practice video. There are numerous practice videos. We're going to get to uh, some more of those from Tuesday's action as well. But this is uh at the sports doc, I believe, right? Uh, oh, at Pro Football Doc, excuse me. David J. Chow, very, very prominent guy. But basically saying the left knee is progressing well in this video not 100% it has a slight hitch but still projects to be ready for Bengals week 1 as i have opined all along despite acl mcl and patella issue so this is this goes along the same lines with Joe Burrow saying his knee a, about a week or so ago was 85% he feeling he's feeling pretty good and a lot of others are saying you know he's going to be he's going to be ready to go now whether that means training camp Uh, workouts, preseason snaps, we don't know yet. Uh, It would be in a way, it would be nice if he would get a little bit of preseason snaps, not obviously, you know, not an extensive amount, but just to kind of get a little bit of a feel for game action. And there was no preseason last year. So it would just be nice that if he was able to do that, but of course, nobody wants to rush anything. And, uh, you know, he's already doing a lot of workouts and practices so far and looking very good with uh, the trio of wide receivers we've mentioned. So, Good news. Keep hearing that Joe Burrow's recovery and everything, even from a prominent sports doctor, is going well. You got to like that. Also going well, potentially the Bengals' outlook on offensive line, not only because of this young man, number 73 Jonah Williams, but also because of the bringing in of Frank Pollock to coach the unit and also becoming the run game coordinator. Jonah Williams vows, quote, bringing the fight to Bengals' blindside. This is from Jeff Hobson of bengals.com. So you can go on bengals.com to check this out. And Jonah Williams is another guy we've seen on social media and, and all kinds of different platforms that he has been a warrior in his workouts this offseason. You know, he had only 10 starts this year. Uh, this past year, you know, missed six games. And then of course missed his entire rookie year. So Williams, the Bengals and Williams need, uh, they, they need him to stay healthy. They need him to stay healthy, especially because they did not, they, they showed a lot of faith in him and rightfully so. I mean, he was the the number 11 overall pick just a couple of years ago, but they showed a lot of good faith in him for the limited amount of starts that he's given them in two seasons by not drafting a a uh, Sewell, by not drafting another true left tackle, by not going out and getting one of the left tackles on the free agency market, they said Williams is our Williams is our left tackle. We're not kicking him inside. We're not moving him over to the right. And they got another proven tackle, Riley Reef, and said Reef is going to be our right tackle. Jonah is going to be our left tackle. So, that being said, here are there's not only some some praise for. Williams but there is also some praise by Jonah Williams for Frank Pollock here's Brian Callahan team offensive coordinator talking about Jonah Williams quote he played well when he's played he's athletic he's a great technician he's tough when he's had to block guys he can block them especially in pass protection because he's so athletic he's such a good technician he can recover after he gets beat he's really good with technique um Here is Williams on Frank Pollock and his coaching thing. Now take from this what you want. I think we talked about this a little bit last week, but quote, he's really good about the minute details. Williams said of Frank Pollock, that's what he hangs his hat on and what we need to hang our hat on. Instead of just saying, this is what you do. This is what it's called. And it's, it's more, this is exactly what your right hand does. This is exactly what your left hand does. Your right foot, everything is exact. I think that's good because you can keep on drilling it. And then when it comes to game time, it just happens. Again, like what we said about T Higgins, things coming naturally for some of these young players. They, you know, they're being coached right. And then obviously more comfortable in the system things come more naturally instead of overthinking or thinking too much instead of you know letting letting instincts and athleticism take over so to speak but um, William says Pollock puts a name on everything but um, one label he wants no part of is the fragile fragile uh, <laughs> label unfortunately that's being talked about because of the injuries but really 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 inspiring and good news coming from Jonah Williams not only about him looking good but also, the impact of Frank Pollock, who we all believe was going to have a massive, massive impact on the Bengals' offensive line and the offense. We'll see. I mean, you got you got to put it you got to put it to action when game time hits. But um, things are looking pretty good. Uh, first of all, before we keep rolling, I see our our friend Loki and is in the live YouTube chat. I want to give a little shout out to Loki because he tipped us off to something going on with our YouTube channel in which we are working to fix a glitch apparently. um, In in case you go on our YouTube channel and you click the home button where you just click on the channel, all the videos should be there for some reason. Under the home tab, they are not there. We've worked with Google support and YouTube support to help get that remedied. Where So it should be remedied soon, we hope, but um, you can still get the videos under a videos tab and or a playlist tab. You can find all this stuff just for some reason. It's not on the home page, but thank you, Loki, for pointing that out to us and bringing that to our attention. We're working on it. Appreciate that. Can we keep it rolling here? Can I try and get through a lot more here in a quick amount of time? Pro football focus ranks Mike Hilton among the top slot cornerbacks in the league. In fact, number four, is where he made it on their list. PFF writes, Hilton has been the most disruptive slot blitzer in the league over the last four seasons. His 41 pressures since 2017 are 13 more than any other cornerback in the NFL, showcasing a great feel for timing on the blitz, but that's not all he's good for. Hilton ranks in the 93rd percentile in slot coverage grade over that same time frame. He should give Cincinnati's defense a boost in a secondary that has been completely rebuilt in free agency over the last two off seasons. Gotta like that. One of, if not my favorite free agency signing by the Cincinnati Bengals. I know there's a lot of concern about the loss of William Jackson in the secondary, and then of course Carl Lawson up front, but I think the Bengals signed a couple of good players and uh, on defense, and Lou Anarumo's unit has to step up. He has to step up as well as a defensive coordinator and, and make it at least a respectable unit this year. And and the team needs it, too, just to win some games. You know, They can't get keep giving up 30-plus a game, getting in big holes, especially against teams like Baltimore. The defense has to step up a bit more. I think they'll improve – by how much, I'm not sure, but I think they'll, they'll improve and be a lot more fun to watch and palatable to watch this year based on the additions that they made this year. Quick reminder that Joe Mixon's uh, youth football camp is this weekend. you see the, the date here was May 11th. We announced that a long time ago. Cincy Jungle is the media sponsor of that. We're hoping to have some representation there at the camp. He is working with Jamar Chase on this. Um, really cool event for local Cincinnati youth that he is putting on there. So just want to remind everybody that that is coming up. I believe it is on, yeah, June 12th through the 13th here. So um, real, real close to downtown Cincinnati. So good on Joe Mixon and Jamar Chase for doing something cool like that for the community. Go uh, check that out and make sure that you um, keep it to Cincy Jungle because we'll be covering that event as well. Let's go to, I mentioned this a little bit earlier. I alluded to it a little bit earlier with the Bengals and Hall of Fame snubs. James Lofton becomes the latest NFL legend to endorse Ken Riley for the Hall of Fame. This is also written up by John Sheeran on CincyJungle.com. Mel Blount. Uh, a guy that was a, um, you know, a, a great player for the Steelers defense. He re- another cornerback who was in the hall of fame. He recently released a video talking about why he believes Ken Riley should be in the hall of fame. This one rings true to me a bit as because for a number of reasons, James Lofton was a very, very, for those of you who don't know, he played in the seventies and eighties, very, very good wide receiver, had a very long, uh, very long career Here's the thing with James Lofton though. James Lofton bounced around and there was, you know, a, a handful of really really good seasons. There were um, you know, there were some seasons where it wasn't like, you know, he wasn't the absolute best receiver in the league hands down, but he, he was a very good receiver for a very long time. So, why why I bring that up is the whole longevity argument and the argument of kind of a career achievement to get into the hall of fame. I think that's where a lot of people are saying, you know, that Ken Riley's longevity, his consistency, and the fact that, you know, he, even though he doesn't have the, the pro bowls and all that kind of stuff, he still ranks among the top in career interceptions. Uh, He was consistent and he was, he, he had a long career. It's kind of the same thing with James Lofton. And then he, here's what he has to say, who, by the way, Lofton is a current CBS Analyst for football games, quote, 65 career interceptions. You have to wonder why Ken Riley is not in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Was it that he didn't start fast or didn't finish great? No, he started fast. He had interceptions in his rookie season. And in his last season, 1983, Ken Riley, at the age of 36, was named first team All-Pro. He led the NFL in interceptions, eight interceptions in 14 games. So, Uh, And then there's also a little note here in the middle of Riley's all pro 1983 season. He shut down Lofton in a game against the green Bay Packers. So Lofton is a guy who, again, you know, just played for a long time and was a pretty consistent football player. And he knows that side of the coin and uh, he went up against Ken Riley. So he knows quite a bit about, about him. And that's another guy who is uh, lobbying, for Riley to get into the Hall of Fame, which is so far overdue. It's crazy. And yes, well, we had Bengal Jim on a couple of weeks ago. Justin Ferris is talking in the uh, Facebook chat about jungle to the hall. So yes, that is coming up here, I believe on the 19th. So a couple Saturdays from now, um, Bengal Jim and, in and, and Jamie and, and James who do the show with him. Uh, they're all spearheading that. So go check out Bengal Jim's Twitter account. And there's an event bright link and all of that. Or go back and check out our, the episode we had with, with Jim a couple of Mondays ago where we talked about not only that, but of course, Bengals news. We're going to get to a little bit more. Um, let's Before we do, uh, before we get to, to AFC North and stuff, let's talk about Bengals' latest OTA session. Now I'm going to cheat a little bit here. Usually I have all kinds of different tweets out there and all kinds of different, uh, things to share. I, I thankfully since jungle did my work for me a little bit here, but I will start with a couple of tweets from Paul Daner junior of the athletic does a great job there with Jay Morrison. Um, here is one that I will share here. Uh, this is really good news here. This is the trio of really talented guys on the offensive and defensive line. Trey Hopkins, DJ Reader, and Renell Wren getting in rehab work. So they're all of which had some, some pretty devastating injuries last year. Season enders that um, you know Hopkins played all all year, but he you know had his at the end of the year. Unfortunately, Reader had a, a handful of games under his belt, and Wren was a a preseason injury there. So good to see these guys back working. This video is courtesy of Paul Daner Jr. on his Twitter account. So uh, you know it's it's limited work. Let's let's not get super excited, I guess, but it's nice to see those guys out working, rehabbing, and feeling, looking like they're feeling pretty healthy there. One more from Paul Daner Jr. before I use my little uh, cheat code, if you will, for talking about the Bengals OTA. This is a really We can go back to what we were talking about earlier about Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. One lasting image for me today will be Joe Burrow making a few extra throws with Jamar Chase after practice ended. And one of those being a gorgeous double move over the top that was eerily reminiscent of the highlights that played on repeat during draft season. So, again, those guys getting our extra work in. And not only are they getting extra work in, they're doing a lot of the things that has been seen or we've all drooled over, fawned over over the last couple of months with Jamar Chase reuniting with Joe Burrow. Supposedly it looks pretty good, especially getting some extra work in. You got to like that aspect as well. So um, good stuff from Paul Daner Jr., as always, from The Athletic. Now, I mentioned I'm going to cheat a little bit for uh, the news and all the sights and sounds from the Tuesday OTA session. Here is the Twitter roundup from the latest Bengals OTA session. So not only do we get to credit all of the great beat reporters and all of those on hand at the latest OTA session, but you can get all of these in one place at cincyjungle.com. So let's, let's cruise through some of these here. We'll try and get through a little bit. Charlie Goldsmith has a nice video here. He, he does a great job covering the, the team Again, it's the the rehab video of uh, Reader Hopkins and Ronell Wren. I won't uh, belabor that. I will uh, show you Lindsay Patterson's um, video here of Joe Burrow getting some work in, uh, stretch work in and, and all that kind of stuff. They're all getting ready there. So nice little video courtesy of Lindsay Patterson. By the way, we are very excited. We, we teased this uh, last week, but we are very excited. Lindsay will be joining us not tomorrow night on the Wednesday show, but the following Wednesday. She will be joining us on our program to talk about the Bengals, to talk about what she has seen firsthand at the Bengals OTA. So she does an awesome job covering the Bengals, and we are excited to have her again. Not tomorrow night, following Wednesday, we're going to have Lindsay Patterson on the program. Uh, more from Charlie Goldsmith, Joe Burrow doing some of the same drills we saw at the first OTA quick timing, short throws with chase and Higgins. The, the interesting notes here, the punt return crew right now is Boyd Taylor, Riley Lees and Puka Williams. Um, here's another one from Lindsay Patterson, uh, Joe Burrow to Jamar Chase. We'll play this one again for you a couple times on loop. Nice, nice one here. Nice little toss to the sideline. Gotta like that. Pitch and catch. Uh, let's do a little bit more here. Um, the so we talked a little bit about the Puka Williams. Playing punt return here. I got to share this screen with you all again. So forgive me, lost that there. I'm gonna put that back up for you. Puka Williams, Chris Evans, and a lot of these a lot of these guys are doing different things here uh, at Bengals practice. So again, you see Trey Hopkins. He's moving the weight sled there. You like that? That's from Dan Hord. Um, the update here, Paul Daner Jr. says the only Bangle not seen out here today are, are Austin Seibert and Kevin Huber, who they who he thinks were working inside of the stadium, uh doing their kicks and whatnot. Also, Hakima Adeniji was not uh, accounted for, but everyone else was. Um Dan Horde with a video of Jamar Chase here. We'll we'll play that for you. It's a it's a nice one going through some drills. Um but again some of the interesting sights and sounds from the Tuesday OTAs nice catch through the through the hurdles there here's some more stuff bro didn't have a running back running by him or a zone read look which could be partly avoid to avoid incidental contact finish the rep with a really good ball to T Higgins that's from Ben Baby of ESPN but there was – here's here's one here. Jamar Chase and Chris Evans among the wide receivers catching deep balls from Burrow at the end of this o- OTA. So we talked about it on this show. Evans is a guy who may and, – and Williams, there's another tweet. I, I think it's up here. I'll try and find that for you here. But uh, Evans is a guy who the Bengals were potentially kind of calling a slot receiver maybe. Uh, or maybe he's a guy who kind of kills two ber- two roster birds with one stone, so to speak, uh, by by kind of being a running back, but also being a slot receiver or a receiver of some kind to round out that group. Here's, here's the one I was thinking of, Keenan Singleton here, who covers the team running back. Puka Williams going through receiver drills as well during this session of practice. So the two running backs the Bengals grabbed that they, and they knew they had versatility, the two running backs, the Bengals grabbed um, one in the draft and one is an undrafted free agent. They're going through receiver drills. So that is stuff where you go, okay, well they're getting creative with some of these guys and uh, doing a lot of different things. Some of which is uh, in the kick return game, giving them looks at a lot of different things and giving them opportunities to make this team. Hopefully those guys will be able to showcase things, stay healthy, showcase those abilities in the preseason and in training camp, you know, playing slot receiver, playing maybe even split out wide, and then, of course, special teams. But those two guys seem to be players that could bring a nice dynamic. A lot of what uh, Gio Bernard brought in a lot of different respects um, and maybe for a little bit less of a price tag. So uh, that is uh, what what the team is doing with those two players specifically. But things are looking good. Chase is looking good in drills. Burrow's looking good in drills. And then you've got a lot of those guys, Wren, Hopkins, and Reader rehabbing from their injuries and getting, getting some work in there. And pretty much all the players are accounted for once again. So you got to like that. You got to like that. We're going to transition into some AFC North news and NFL news. Before we do, I want to tell you all about Symbol, Uh, S-I-M-B-U-L-L is the website. And you can go to symbol.app backslash OBI. This is the stock market for sports where you can trade sports teams like they are stocks. If you like to play the stock market, if you like fantasy football, if you do some sports betting, this is another way you can make money and make money on your favorite teams. Now, the Sim Bangles value is not $25 a share. Unfortunately, that was when we first partnered with Symbol, as you see on that graphic there. Um, it, it's a bit more than that at this point, but that being said, you can still make quite a bit of money on the Bengals. You can invest, even if you don't want to do the Bengals investment, you can invest uh, on in teams throughout other sports as well. So check that out. You get a $10 deposit bonus when you sign up and you use the promo code OBI, of course, short for Orange and Black Insider. So. Check out Symbol S I M B U L L dot backslash O B I. You can trade sports teams, likes, stocks, and you know we all know there's a lot of, lot of stuff and a lot of money to be made in the stock market. There's a lot of money to be made in the sports stock market arena as well. And we've, we're feeling pretty good about the Bengals these days. So they may be moving in a direction wherein you can still get it at a reasonable price and sell some of your shares later for some money in your pocket. Go make some money. Have some fun with it. Why not? S-I-M-B-U-L-L dot A-P-P backslash O-B-I. I will put that in the live chat for you all. There it is. You get a $10 deposit bonus when you sign up using the promo code OBI. So Pittsburgh Steelers time. There is uh, Mason Rudolph. This is from Brooke Pryor of ESPN. Mason Rudolph says it's his goal to be the Steelers starter in 2022. Quote, that's my goal, to be a starting quarterback in this league and for my team. Mason Rudolph has had some ups and downs as a starting quarterback for the Steelers in relief of Ben Roethlisberger whether it's kind of brief periods where Ben has been out or the the long season where he had the elbow injury and and the team, you know, really kind of struggled without him they still went 8 and 8 but uh you know Ben's back he took the pay cut this it seems as if it is his last season with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Ben loves Pittsburgh, though. He loves that team. We, we've reiterated some of his quotes there. But it could be time, especially if a lot of people are correct in their predictions that the Steelers may take a little bit of a step back this year. A lot of national writers are talking about that. A lot of fans think that. Just because an aging roster and they've lost a lot of stars again, though, the Pittsburgh Steelers under Mike Tomlin have never finished with a losing record. Never. So, and he's been there about a decade and a half or so. I'd I'd have to look, Uh, but he's been there for uh, about 14, 15 years. If my memory serves correctly and, you know, can't count the Steelers out. And they, they did win, you know, 11 games or so last year, they made the playoffs. I mean, the Steelers are the Steelers. So they, they know how to win even when the chips are down, but Mason Rudolph, is preparing and wanting to be the team starter in 2022. We'll see if he gets his wish. I think that would make some people in the division happy, Uh, but we'll see. We'll see. I know we bash on their team a lot, and I know we bash on this specific former player a lot, and there are good reasons for this, but I did want to share this. This was a good story on Steelers.com from a few days ago about the Porters, Joey Porter and his wife, Christy, um, they have a daughter who, uh, has autism and, um, you know, they they have now been a part of, uh, the, a big campus, um, for adults and, and children with developmental disabilities. So, um, it's a really, you know, it's a really cool, Article and it's cool to see you know what what the Steelers players are doing in this regard helping out. I know as Bengals fans we don't like Steeler players we don't like former Steeler players. Porter was definitely as both a player and a coach um, a a bit of a villain to the Bengals. But this is a really cool that the Porters opened the Jasmine Nyree Campus, um, which is uh, named after their daughter and uh, who has this developmental disability. So go read that on Steelers.com. Pretty cool story. I know, like I said, I know we like to hammer those guys uh, because we just don't like the Steelers very much, but go read that. It's a pretty cool story on Steelers.com. I ran across it and kind of said, Hey, that's, that's pretty cool. The Baltimore Ravens have undergone a really vast, reconstruction of their offensive line. Juwan James was a guy, if you remember a couple of years ago, this was a guy that a lot of Bengals fans wanted as an offensive tackle for the right tackle spot to take over for Bobby Hart. When he was a free agent, I believe he came from Miami. Uh, He, the Broncos landed him and he tore his, uh, ruptured his Achilles this April. Um, And now after Denver let him go, uh, he's now signing a two-year deal worth up to nine million with the Ravens. Now, if you remember, the Ravens uh, dealt Orlando Brown and have done some different. They they brought in Kevin Zeitler, uh, and now they add Juwan James. So, I don't if I if I'm reading this and researching this correctly, Juwan James won't be playing for them this year. Um, but they. Uh, they they want to have another guy in the fold for the future. They feel that he he can rehab well and be a guy that can come in and, and play a tackle spot for him and maybe be a future guy to take over for Orlando Brown once he recovers from this injury. So that's, they're, they're making moves there. It's, it's a little bit of a head scratcher because it, I mean, he's a very good player when he's healthy, but the fact that he, is currently injured and he's, uh, you know, it doesn't seem like he's going to play this year. And they're paying a contract to a player like that. It's uh, definitely eye opening. Here's one from Mary Kay Cabot of cleveland.com. Just an OTA update that I found puzzling, I guess. Uh, but it also points to, again, some positive things with the Cincinnati Bengals so the Browns are getting some of their guys back at OTAs Jedrick Wills John Johnson Troy Hill I'm not not sure if any of you remember that name he was a guy that was with the Bengals uh, on and off their practice squad a handful of years ago I actually interviewed him at the NFLPA Bowl a while ago for when he was a rookie coming out of Oregon uh for cincyjungle.com and so I was pretty excited when he ended up with the Bengals but then after the Bengals released him he went off and the Rams got him and he ended up having a pretty solid career with the Rams and now he is with Cleveland so um, all of those guys are back with uh, the Browns at their OTAs the part that I find interesting is David and Joku and Baker Mayfield and jo- Joku and the Browns have had just a really tumultuous relationship over the past couple of seasons. You know, he's been kind of lingered out there as trade bait, that sort of thing. And nobody seems to bite and then they want to hang on to him. He's talented. Uh, you know, he's, he's made some plays against the Bengals. He's, he's a talented player. Uh, there just seems to be a, a real rift there, but The thing that I find interesting about this, he's working at... Dave Joku is in Austin uh, with Baker Mayfield. So Mayfield is there as well. And uh, it's... it's the second year Mayfield has hosted players in Austin for the workouts and some team bonding. Uh, Njoku tweeted Monday that Austin is a really hidden or is really a hidden gem. This is all from Mary Kay Cabot of Cleveland.com. But I found it very interesting that their starting quarterback is in Austin working out with some of these players, and it's viewed as a, um, a team bonding experience, um, whereas – Joe Burrow, through his rehab and whatnot, is with the Cincinnati Bengals in Cincinnati practicing, going through drills, and doing all of that. I guess that's part of the process because Burrow was behind the eight ball a little bit last year because of the pandemic and lack of of a true offseason, but also the rehab injury. But I don't know. I just when you compare the situations there and then you hear that most of the Bengals, pretty much every single Bengal player is there in some capacity and has been since their OTAs have started. And you've got Brown's players kind of trickling in. I don't know. Makes you think a little bit. This is huge news, especially in the AFC. I think everybody knows about this by now, but a couple of days ago, the Falcons ended up trading Julio Jones and a future sixth rounder for to the Titans for a second and fourth-round pick. Not a big haul for a guy like Julio Jones. Now, Julio Jones is extremely talented. He's getting up there in age as well. He's had a couple of injury issues throughout his career. You know, we always talk about A.J. Green. He and Jones came in the same class for a while. They were, you know, neck and neck in terms of production. Julio had a couple of, of big injuries, and then A.J. the last few seasons has had some injuries as well. Not so much last year, but the production fell off. But regardless, the Falcons get a second and fourth round pick in dealing Julio Jones in a future six rounder to the Titans. Now the Titans lost Corey Davis in free agency to the Jets. So they had another opening at wide receiver, but they've got a great one, two punch there with Julio Jones and, um, AJ Brown. And then you've got, I believe Justin Gage is maybe one of their third guys. So they've got a pretty good, pretty good stable of wide receivers themselves there. But, uh, they they are on. You can see here from from Ian Rappaport and those at NFL.com. They are on the hook for all of his fifteen point three million dollar salary for this year and the remaining two years of his contract. Um, that's that's a big number. That's a big number. And, uh, you know, the, the Titans are kind of going all in. They, they made it to the AFC championship game a couple of years ago. They made it to the playoffs again last year. And, you know, they're, they're writing Derrick Henry. Tannehill's had a nice career resurgence there, but you know, now we're getting to the point of, uh, they're getting to the point of, you know, we got to really take the next step. And they think Julio Jones can do it. So they made a big trade. They made a big trade, some sad news, unfortunately in the NFL, uh, A former head coach passed away at a pretty young age. 71 is not overly old, but Jim Fossil uh, passes away. I guess he had a a heart attack, unfortunately, at 71 years old. His son, John, is um, is or was a coach, I believe, as well, and he is the one who confirmed the death, um, Monday night. So apparently he was having chest pains on Monday was taken to a local hospital. And then, uh, while he was under sedation, he had a heart attack and passed away. So sad news, Jim fossil, he did coach the giants to a super bowl with Kerry Collins, I believe as his quarterback. Um, that was the one where the Baltimore Ravens absolutely trounced them, but they had a pretty good season there. Uh, was that the Ron Dane team? I can't really remember. But Fossil was a pretty good coach for a while in the NFL and, um, you know, unfortunately passed away at, at a pretty young age. So um, not not good news there, but uh, we want to remember him for, uh, for what he contributed to the NFL for sure. Aaron Rodgers is not reporting to Packers' mandatory minicamp pretty much what we assumed. Uh, I don't know if he's still on vacation in Hawaii with Miles Teller and his fiance uh, Now a- actress, uh, her name escapes me at this moment, but uh, I don't know if he's out there still, still partying. I don't know what he's doing, but uh, he is not at Packers mini camp and Jordan love is getting starter reps. Now again, you kind of go, wow, this is just kind of general NFL news. He's a big name, but the Bengals play the Packers early in the season. And depending on how all of this plays out, depending on the development of of Jordan Love, this could play a major major role in shaping the Bengals' season. They host the Packers, um, so uh, pretty early in the season. I think I'd have to look at the schedule again. I think it's week week five, uh, if if memory serves. There, but the yeah, so Rogers is not reporting to Packers minicamp, and this is on NFL.com from Kevin Patra. So. Interesting times in Green Bay, to say the very least. This one was fun on CBS Sports. It was a prediction, the schedule predictions um, by Tyler Sullivan. And you can go, I guess there's a prediction for every team in every game on their schedule. So I won't – I'm not going to go through all of them for the Cincinnati Bengals, but you can do all of that. But I will go through the week one prediction where he has the Bengals beating the Vikings in Cincinnati in a squeaker, 27-24. to This is a quote, this is a perfect opener for the Bengals with Joe Burrow likely making his return to the field. The Bengals get to face a very beatable team at home. Burrow's mouth should be watering at the thought of going up against a Vikings team that had one of the worst – Past defenses in the NFL last year. As long as Burrow has time to throw, the Bengals should be able to score a lot of points. The good news for the Bengals is that this is going to be a revenge game for their new starting tackle, Riley Reef, who spent his past four seasons in Minnesota. What the author didn't write is also one for Trey Waynes, who is hopefully coming back and playing his first games as a Cincinnati Bengal after missing all of last year. Anyway, that's not part of the article, but it is a revenge game for Trey Waynes. That being said, this is also a revenge game for Mike Zimmer, who spent six seasons in Cincinnati as the Bengals defensive coordinator. Although he'd certainly love to win this game, it's not going to happen because his defense is going to get diced up by Burrow. Note, the pick could change here. If Burrow isn't ready to play, he's going to be ready to play. As we noted by a lot of other people here, uh, apologize for some of the background noise. I've got some work going on at my house. If you're hearing that, my, uh, my apologies, let's get out of here with this one, because this guy seems to be, uh, if, if you're, if you collect, I don't know, football cards or whatever, this guy's stock has been for a guy that was kind of a lower pick. Jacob Eason is a guy that, uh, a lot of people seem to think he's going to potentially get the starting job soon from Carson Wentz, who, took it after Philip Rivers retired. The Colts traded for Carson Wentz, and now Jacob Beeson is the backup to Carson Wentz, but a guy that they think he is developing well. Quote, I was very pleased with what I saw over the last few weeks with Jacob, uh, said offensive coordinator Marcus Brady. And this is via Jim Aiello of the Indianapolis Star. Physically, you always knew that he could, he could do it, that he had the potential that he was going to improve in those areas because of his arm talent and what he could provide out there. But mentally, you can tell Uh, that he took that next step. So uh, that is what's going on with the Colts and Jacob Eason. Apparently he is looking pretty good in their workouts too. So that's what I got for you. We went extra. This might be the longest water cooler chat that we've done so far. So uh, I didn't expect to go this long, but we got through a ton, a ton of stuff, including Bengals coverage. So thanks everybody for tuning in live. Thanks for, For subscribing, keep it to Cincy Jungle for all your OTA updates, whether it's the Facebook page. Give that a like. Go to CincyJungle.com for all your news, opinions, analysis, updates. Keep it to our podcast channel, the Cincy Jungle Podcast channel. Subscribe to it on your favorite audio streamer, whether that's iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, all the major ones. Subscribe so you get notified when new episodes are out as well as when we're going live, you got to be liking that Cincy Jungle Facebook page or subscribe to our YouTube channel to know when we are going live and get notified there. But thanks everybody for tuning in. Have a great rest of your week. We will be back tomorrow with our show. And I know there's going to be other, other shows from Ace and Zim and Matt coming down the pike this week too. But thanks everybody. Have a great, great rest of your week and we will see you soon.